Welcome to Washington in Focus. I'm Cole McNeely. Joining me today is the Center Square's Washington reporter, T.J. Martinell. T.J., you put out a story this week on a bill that was passed by the Washington House that some are saying would allow the government to hide your child from you. Your headline there definitely catches eyes. What's going on here? Yeah, so it's Senate Bill 5599. And what it does is it changes a, an existing state law. So under current state law, if a child runs away from home and goes to a youth shelter or a, a, what's called a host home, they legally have to report that to the parents where they, the, the kid's there between 24 to 72 hours of the child being there. There are some exceptions, though, compelling reasons, and that's where they believe that the child would be subject to abuse or neglect if the parents were notified or legal guardians. This changes that to add if the kid is seeking an abortion or gender-related surgeries, which include mastectomies and hysterectomies. So this means that if a child ran away from home, went to a youth shelter and said, I want to get an abortion or I want to have surgery done, they would not have to report it to the parents. And so the the biggest implication is there's two. One is it applies to any youth in any state. This means that a youth could run away from home in Alabama or Florida. They could go to Washington state and they could say, I want to get an abortion or I want to have a surgery done. And they would not have to legally notify the parents in those respective states. The other part is there's no provision stating when the parents need to be notified. So theoretically, the child could run away from home in Florida or Alabama, go to Washington State, and they would never hear from them again, even though they're, the child's whereabouts are known by a youth shelter or the state of Washington. So, TJ, when we're talking about children here, does this bill apply to anyone 17 and under? Or is there a is there a floor of sorts that, hey, if a six-year-old shows up, that that's going to get reported? Or, or do they treat a six-year-old in the same way they would treat a 16 or 17-year-old? I believe that there is some sort of age range. But under this bill, a 13-year-old girl could get a hysterectomy or a mastectomy without their parents' knowledge, but they also would be running. I think the key part is a, a child who has left the home and there's no abuse, there's been no nothing going on that would cause that would give a compelling reason for them, the parents to have the child not return. And the other key part of this that's important to keep in mind is the state of Washington is also on the cusp of passing another piece of legislation that's related. That's House Bill 1469. That makes it illegal for Washington state police or courts to enforce out-of-state warrants or subpoenas that are related to abortion or gender surgeries. So the let's say that a, a kid ran away from home in Florida, goes to Washington State, the parents find out somehow that the child is there, The there's an out-of-state warrant saying that this child needs to be returned, and the police would in our state would not be legally allowed to obtain the child, take it into custody, and have the child returned back to Florida. They would not be allowed to do that. If the child got a surgery done, like had their uh, a hysterectomy or a mastectomy, the parents could not obtain the medical records, even if there was a court um, subpoena in Florida. If they, if the courts in Florida issued a subpoena to Washington state, to a business in Washington state that had the medical records, the business would not be allowed to provide it. So again, th this is the biggest part of this bill is not just what it does, but it applies to all, to, to any youth in any state.
Um, in fact, it applies, I, one, one could argue it applies to any youth from any part of the world because they, they could be from another country. There's no, there's no, it doesn't say citizens. It doesn't say anything like that. It just says youth. So that's, and this is one of the problems that people who are opposed to it have noticed that this, uh, that this could have, I mean, it's obviously going to have lawsuits facing it, but there's, there's numerous aspects of the bills. But I think the key part is that this, these are, these two bills, you know, for lack of a better word, complement each other in that they are related and have implications for the other. What are the proponents of this bill saying? Obviously, this is part of a much larger cultural movement well outside of Washington about, you know, I think what is being called gender affirming care. What are proponents saying about this bill? I mean, it passed the House and Senate, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously there is a decent amount of support for it. What's the justification for this bill? What's going on is they are speaking. I think the best way to put it is they are playing word games. And what I mean by that is they are describing parental lack of of, um, agreement with their child about whether or not they're of a specific gender as abuse. But the problem is that's not a legal definition. So uh, when they're speaking on the, the floors of the House and Senate, they are they are talking about abuse and abusive homes. But what they but that isn't in they're not talking about an illegal definition sense. There's what they are effectively saying without explicitly state, stating is that even though some people testifying these bills have said it is that if you are not agreeing with your child claiming to be the opposite gender, you are abusing them. So their argument is that this is necessary to prevent children from being abused or to protect uh, abused children, even though uh, one um, uh, legislator tried to get an amendment put into the bill explicitly stating that not affirming your child's preferred gender is uh, is not a form of abuse. When you say they're playing word games, you mean they're expanding the definition of abuse probably beyond what an everyday person would think of when they think of something legally being constituted yeah, as I, abuse. Like if some if a kid came to came to you and said, I, my parents are abusing me and you said, what do you mean? And they say, I'm claiming to be a boy and it's a girl. It says I'm claiming to be a boy and they're not agreeing with me. We a reasonable person would not consider that to be to meet the the traditional definition of abuse, which would be, you know, there's uh, physical or they're not, depending on the age, like they're not providing for their kid by feeding them, uh, something like that. But what they're doing is they're not changing the legal definition of abuse, but they are treating this as as being no different from abusing or neglecting your child. And it, because of the, it's it's like punishing somebody the same for a non-crime that you would for a homicide. You're, you're not making it illegal, but there's, there's consequences as a result. Uh, you know, like if you're not, I, I'm trying to think of another example of where you're punished for something on par with another type, something that is a crime, but you're, what you're doing isn't a crime. So it's not illegal for your child, for you to, for a parent to not a agree with their child claiming to be the opposite gender, but the consequences of not doing so. And it's only on the word of the child. Right. So basically they, they can use that as justification to hold the child basically, or hold that information from the parent. Yeah. Something that's really important for people to consider is who decides whether the child's run away 
who's de- who decides whether the child is seeking abortion or a gender surgery and how do and when people are wondering what do you mean run away when we think of a runaway child we think they voluntarily on their own volition left the home how how do we know that th- that happened how do we know that somebody did not coax them into running away or that somebody t- that you know that's or that somebody kidnapped them i mean in what way do you determine whether it's a runaway or a child who's been kidnapped you certainly get into that territory of the hot topic of today of sorts, which is this parental rights conversation. And you have some states going the other way. Washington right. is going this way. And I think the, the one other takeaway is that while those lack meaningful definitions, uh, what's considered, quote, gender affirming care, they they do have definitions for it. And it includes irreversible surgeries. You you you. Like, like I was, I keep saying, um, hysterectomies and mastectomies. These are not, these are not like cosmetic changes, like a facelift or uh, you know some sort of uh, thing that you can undo. Listeners can keep up with this story and more at centersquare.com. For TJ Martinell, I'm Cole McNeely. Please subscribe and thanks for listening.